Welcome to No Concessions, your favorite movie podcast where we explore subgenres of film. This week's subgenre is this movie confirms hollow earth theory. <laughs> <laughs> the earth is a tourist. Stay woke. Stay fucking woke, everybody. And that's a familiar voice. Yeah. Uh, I'm joined today by Chet. Hey, y'all. And Charles. Also a familiar voice. <laughs> also a familiar voice. If, you, if you've been listening to this podcast... <laughs> Just it depends. I'm not sure. See, I've got that voice that you know. It just sounds like someone that you knew in the past, haunting it's not, you. Yeah, it's not anyone in particular. It's just I know this. This voice. It's so familiar. Wait, why do I know this? It's like and a lingering yeah. memory. Yeah, exactly. That's me. That's my voice. It's been a while since you've been here, Chat. It has been a while. Let's uh, let's have you do a little bit of a roundup for us. What you've been watching lately? I I still don't watch a ton of stuff. However, I I shall spread the gospel of a couple of things. First off is Demon Slayer. The last time I was here, I, I feel like I mentioned this show and it still holds up. It's better than it was, honestly, because if you've given it a shot, if you've watched like the first three episodes, it feels pretty generic and kind of like, all right, what's the big deal? But I think it's episode 19 or so. If you don't fucking love this show by 19, all right, then you can drop it. That's fine. I know that's a lot. That's a big commitment. <laughs> it is, dude. It is. You're telling me episodes one, episode two, episode three, episode four, <laughs> episode five, episode six, episode seven, episode eight, See, episode I nine. I liked it by four. Like, I was on board fully by four. Episode 10, episode 11. <laughs> but. It was like episode four was where I was like, okay, cool. This show is actually good. And then by like seven, I'm like, okay, this is really good. And then by 19, I'm like my dick hard. But that that's where like all of the skeptics and the naysayers were like, all right, this show's kind of tight. All right, fine. All right, I guess. But then I kept reading the manga because Lonnie who never reads manga was like, yo, this manga is sick. You got to read it. I'm like, okay. And it gets a lot better. Like pretty much right where this first season ends. That's when it really picks up. So stick around. It's a good show. I really am enjoying it. And the main character, if you feel like he's too generic and has no personality, you are correct until right about the end of the first season. <laughs> oh my god, does he do a lot of crying? Like a like uh, a bitch. <laughs> he does a lot of crying, doesn't he? He doesn't do he doesn't do deku levels of crying. He's definitely emotional about his sister and I mean the rest of his family too, but his sister's all that's left. Uh but yeah, he's, he's yeah, he cries a little bit. There's one character, that's all he fucking does. You would hate him. You would absolutely hate the shit out of him. But some people find him amusing. I think he's annoying, but does cool things. So, you know, to each their own. Yeah, fair enough. I don't know that uh, I'm interested. I don't know, man. I I feel like you should just watch the highlights of, like, the fights. Because the fights are fucking great. Uh But, yeah, you probably wouldn't be on board for, like, the rest. (laughs) Yeah, I watched uh, season, 
uh, or season one, episodes one and two, I want to say, when his family gets done up, I was like, yo, this is sick. Yeah. <laughs> and then in the following episode, I think, that dude who's also Demon Slayer comes up and he's just like, yo, I'm a Demon Slayer. I'm going to kill your sister. And then he's like, no, I love her. And then I was the Demon Slayer is like, well, if she kills anybody, I'm going to I'm going to kill you, too. I was like, oh, this is stupid. <laughs> this is stupid. You should have just wasted both of them. But she protected him. No demon's ever done that. Uh, it's so stupid. Anime yeah. sucks. Anime still <laughs> sucks. Yeah. Yeah. What do you know? Who would have guessed? <laughs> that it would continue. <laughs> it's more of a truism than anything. It's insane. Yeah. But yeah, aside from that, I also watched uh, Living With Yourself, the Netflix show with Paul Rudd and Paul Rudd. It's cool. You know, it's not... It's nothing too special. I certainly didn't hate it. You know, it was, it's fine. However, one of the major plot devices for the show, I kind of fundamentally disagree with. So minor spoilers. This is all in the first episode. You can kind of figure it out just by watching trailers. But long story short, this guy goes to, Go, goes to a spa, turns out the spa actually clones people and then kills the original body. And then they just, you know, fix up whatever. Like that Rick and Morty episode. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Pretty much that. So, like, you know, they keep their memories and everything. So, to, to the person, you go to the spa, go to sleep, wake up feeling great. And dead body or original body is just disposed of. That's the end of that. But they messed up. Paul Rudd survived. So now there's two of him walking around. There's the original deadbeat Paul Rudd. And then there's the new refreshed. Everything's great. Paul Rudd where I take issue with this show is that throughout the entire show and for like a large for a large portion of the plot, they treat him as though he's something else entirely. They don't. He's married. And his wife is like, oh, my God, you saw me naked. Yeah, he saw you naked. You've been married. That's not someone else. That's a clone. That is like he has the memories of this guy. He's seen you naked for as long as you've been dating, probably. That's the guy. Like, it's it's still the person. And, like, that's a key thing throughout the entire show is that, oh, we don't know who it is. It's like, no, that's, that's the same person. Yeah, like, conceptually, it's the it's the identical person is without like the mental illness stuff yeah like that's it <laughs> like what if you didn't have depression but like instead of take just yeah like medication and therapy he's made you a new body that didn't have those genes yeah basically and like for everybody else for everyone who had their original body successfully killed that's just one continuous timeline yeah the only problem the only point of conflict is that the timeline split Okay, that, that's fine. That's a fine point of conflict. Oh, but is this a fucking time travel movie? No, no or it's just shall- a clone. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, but following, you know, the, the consciousness of one, you know, it would be continuous, but now it's forked into two. But they treat him as though it's just this is some weird abomination. Yeah. It's like, I get that it's uncomfortable, but pick your battles here. Like they could have made the conflicts about something else. Not, Oh my God, who is this stranger? No, this stranger has been with you. It's just now there's two of them. Yeah. 
But yeah, show's cool. I could see them getting another season, but it would also be totally fine if it was just to stop. <laughs> I feel like eventually it just becomes like a buddy cop film where it's just two ball runs <laughs> yeah. and one of them's kind of down sometimes. <laughs> yeah, basically, because like they got into like there was a bunch of conflict between the two Paul Rudds, as you would imagine. But uh, yeah, by the end of the season, they're kind of cool with each other. So it could keep going, but it would be fine if it stopped. I'm just imagining uh, Paul Rudd, but it's like that scene in Futurama where Bender and Flexo fight, and they're just like meeting fists every single time, <laughs> doing the exact same moves. Yeah, perfectly symmetrical combat. Yeah. I got about halfway through uh, the Wu-Tang story or whatever the fuck it's called on Hulu. Yeah, it's uh, Wu-Tang, an American saga. So this is a show that I did the marketing for. So that was how I ended up watching it. Can't believe this. Conflict of interest. <laughs> yep. Ethics in podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. So I I was kind of interested in this show just like because I don't really know much about the Wu-Tang Clan. Like I know a couple of their songs. And that's about it. But, you know, it's it's pretty far removed from where they were in the early 90s to what we know of the RZA now, you know, with making movies and stuff. But, yeah, the show's cool. There's it's fine. It definitely has some revisionist history. Yeah. yeah. I Only mean, one of them is writing it. Yeah. <laughs> they all they all like consulted on it or something. But yeah. 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 Uh, there's definitely some stuff that's like, there's no way this went down like this, but, uh, it's also got some swings. I mean, they do the thing with that. They like, that happens a lot where they're like, they'll condense multiple siblings into one sibling or they'll <laughs> like take family elements that are not dramatic enough. Cause not every family is super dramatic. And I'm like, well, we got to turn this up a little bit. Oh yeah. And, uh, but like tonally, I only, I think I made it like five or six episodes in. And tonally, it seems to shift. It'll be like, yeah, we're making it happen. We're selling drugs and we're <laughs> making music. And man, what if in, what if instead of rapping individually, we rapped as a team? And yeah. then the next scene, it'll be like, yo, homeboy's mom overdosed in the top. Like, Holy fuck, shit. dude, what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> like this whole episode's been about like how they're trying to <laughs> overcome other differences and like make music together. And then uh, dude comes home and his mom drank too much and passed out in the tub. Yeah. And it's just in the hospital for two episodes. Yeah. Holy shit. It, it definitely has huge tonal swings. I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing or a bad thing. It's like, it certainly makes it dramatic. Because, you know, you're, oh, we're riding high. And then also, oh, no, Jamal got shot. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know. What were, what were the two dudes that uh, joined Wu-Tang? One of them jumped off a roof and the other shot himself in the dick. The fuck? I don't know <laughs> anything about this. Yeah, I don't know this. It was like a late annexation of like Wu-Tang team members. I think this happened in like 2002 and they were just like, yo, whatever. Let's have the biggest group of people possible on the uh, VMA stage. It's yeah. like 30 people, yeah. people you've never heard of. Oh, yeah. I think they're up to like 52 or something. <laughs> One for every day of the week. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, this only focuses on the first seven members. But what's weird is that I think you God would have been with them by now because yeah, yeah. You God is in the intro to seventh chamber, which is like the song that they're making kind of throughout the yeah. season. 
and they haven't mentioned him yet. That's kind of fucked up. I wonder how you God feels about that. <laughs> yeah. And Capadonna. Feel yeah, like Capadonna's not there yet. Master Killer, he's not there yet. But uh, all the rest of everybody that was on. It's the Rizza, the Jizza, the old dirty bastard. I don't remember the rest of that intro. Inspector Deck. Uh, Raekwanda uh, Chef. Chef. Ghostface Killer. And the Method Man. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good song. Yeah, I kind of slept on the Wu-Tang. Because I, I had known a couple of their songs, but I just never really listened to uh, Enter the 36 Chambers. And I should have. And yeah, it's got some some slaps. Yeah, the production on their records, at least their early ones, was really, really good. Yeah. I don't think Jizza and Rizza are particularly great solo producers. Nah. They just kind of... I feel like maybe I'm getting this wrong because I never listened to Liquid Swords all the way. Sure. But I feel like they took the wrong lessons <laughs> from what made the Wu-Tang production good and just added noise to it. <laughs> it's just like, it was, I don't know. I don't think those guys are very sick. Jizz especially. Jizz is like, Jizz is like um, Shy Glizzy on uh, Gold Link's crew. Oh, with okay. Brent Fires, I think his name is. He's the dude's like, hey, nice to meet. I'm Young Esse, who you be? Or Young Hefe, maybe? I'm not sure. He's the second verse on the song. Third, if you have the uh, remix with Gucci Mane. And you just put him on the song because you know him and he's been hanging around. <laughs> and he's your homie. He's not entirely, entirely terrible at rapping. He can carry a beat. And that's all that matters. You don't think the song's going to go anywhere. And then suddenly you're successful as shit. And you've got this guy who's just not very good around. <laughs> and then he's just like, fuck you guys. I'm going to go solo. Yeah. And then that goes nowhere. Yeah. Very. Yeah. A lot of people respect him because of his work with Wu-Tang, and I get it, but fuck. They respect them both. And RZA is not... RZA is weird with yeah. his flows. Like, Yeah, I, I I think those are probably the two weakest rappers. I like Deck the most, I think. He's got some interesting stuff in his, in his flows. But I wonder why nobody has given... Um, What's his name? Action Bronson, more shit for sounding just like oh, Ghostface Killer. Exactly. People, okay, so people have given him, like, razzed him in interviews, and he gets mad. He, he flies off the fucking handle. Like, as soon as, like, yo, who the fuck is Ghostface? I don't know none of that shit. You know, like that kind of stuff. <laughs> Go back to cooking, Bronson. <laughs> Dude, this he fucking sounds just like him. What yeah, the fuck? No, it's exactly the same. And they're both from New York, so they have the same accent, too. That's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> they sound exactly the same, though. Uh, yeah. Speaking of rap documentaries, I watched a BBC Three documentary called uh, Tower of Something, Ghetto on the Sea, something like that. It's a documentary about these pirate radio dudes who a comedic grime group modeled themselves after. They're called Corrupt FM, and they're just dudes who do grime. They saw this documentary a long time ago, decided to make a comedic act after... uh, out of these two dudes who are featured in the uh, documentary and as documentaries about people who are indigent are it's fucking sad at the end yep. it's 
it follows a DJ who's got a girlfriend and a kid and then a rapper who's effectively homeless. He's got to call Oof. friends and family to try to allow them or to ask them to allow him to sleep on their couch. Uh, his parents both passed away, but his father had remarried after his mom passed away. And then he's got a stepmom who remarried and she's like, you can stay with us if you want. And then he would get into arguments with her new husband. Yeah. It's real fucking weird. He's got two step parents. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's an a odd weird situation. It's a double step parent situation. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was interesting. It was made in 2004. So the video quality is probably a G. Sweet. It's, it's not a, <laughs> not a good video quality at all. Just some dudes flip cam. Just, yeah. <laughs> basically pointed at the television that's kind of what it looks like i tried to google where the rappers are now and they didn't make it uh one one was repeatedly going back to prison the other one just stopped rapping pirate radio a lot of a lot of people try and just never get there so you know don't quit your day job i guess and the rap style in london is so different from the u.s it's radically different you and it sucks. A lot of it is bad. UK rap. I, you have to be exceptional for me to even listen to you if yeah. you're a UK rapper. Yeah, every now and then I'll like I'll hear a track. I'm like, all right, I could fuck with this. And then I was into literally anything else by that same artist. I'm like, oh, this is trash. You just struck gold one time. You made this American sounding song yeah. once. Yeah, and, and I was like, really it was interesting because you have an accent, but like it's just an American style rap song. And then the flow is just, it's weird. Yeah. Yeah. It, people will talk about how Migos like brought the triplet rap to the U.S. Yeah. I think maybe, I don't know shit about music, so this is probably wrong. Uh, U.K. rappers rapping quadruplets. Uh, 16th notes. 16th notes. Yes. And it's fu- every syllable. Yeah. Every syllable. Yeah. It's fucking weird and it comes across as i just learned how to do this (laughs) because when you first start rapping you fit basically every word on a note yeah Yeah. i went to the store and oh i guess i was a half yeah but these guys do uh one 16th notes you get it if you've ever heard a music song (laughs) then Spoken like a true professional. Yes. You're a music song. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm very much, I'm a music master. <laughs> Listen to me. I'm very good at it. Anyway, the documentary rounds out effectively with this dude. He's fucking pissed. His name is MC Killa. It might be Killer, but they say Killa because they have a weird accent. Yeah. And he's like, yo. We need to get on this fucking tour bus, or not this tour bus, but they paid for like a chartered bus to take them to a nightclub where they wanted to host this rave. And it was very Ed Ed Nettie esque because <laughs> basically the whole documentary was leading up to him planning on doing this rave at this local club. And they were making a big deal of it towards the end of it. And he was like, well, Yeah, they normally get 150 people a night, but we can bring 500. We can get 500 people there. 
we need to get there tonight and do this. And so they hire some scam artist like promoter yep. who gets the bus and the bouncer on the bus won't let anybody on because they're wearing track suits the and, and they can't get on to the bus and the promoter disappears. The bus disappears. Nobody comes back and they have to give everybody their money back. And soon after that, his pirate radio station didn't come back on air and he also went to jail. Damn. What was it? Driving illegally without insurance. He doesn't have license or insurance. That's a shitty way. <laughs> yeah, to get taken out. Yeah, yeah. really. Yeah. You, how hard are you? Oh yeah, I was selling drugs. Oh, I killed a guy. I drove without insurance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was uh pretty pretty sad. It was fucked up. Yeah, that happens. Yeah, they lived in these estates, these, these estate houses near the ocean, which is crazy. Because oceanfront property, at least in the U.S., is at a premium. Yeah. So you don't normally see broke people living by the ocean. Yeah. And just to see it in England, maybe it's different now. Maybe they gentrified all those people out of those areas by <laughs> now. It's been about 15 years. So Yeah, they certainly could have in that time. Yeah. That's interesting. It was a weird little documentary. I don't think I'll watch it again. But <laughs> I also watched at least part of the first episode of The Mandalorian. Oh, the action upsets me for two reasons. <laughs> they do a lot of cutting yeah. and uh, it's more of the no consequence violence. This dude gets cut in half by the doors, but you don't see any blood or anything like that. Yeah. And mm. it's like, dude, what are you guys doing? Why even put that in there? You couldn't just have them do something else instead of get cut in half by doors. Yeah. It's a weird choice. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, there's never any blood in, in Star Wars because they use laser guns. Yeah, it's all cauterized instantly. Yeah, too bad that door didn't cauterize his body. <laughs> yeah, that one makes no sense. Who's, yeah, who's going to clean been this up? Leak. Who's going to fucking clean this up? He definitely should have been leaking organs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was, uh, I, I saw that and I was just like, dude, like, I don't think I have the energy to do this. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I get very upset similarly when I hear a censored rap song. Oh, yeah, yeah, I can't do that. It's it's really jarring. And then watching Star Wars, where they would use laser pistols, but for some reason nobody ever has any burn marks on them, except for the stormtroopers with yeah, white armor. armor. Yep. It's, it's very weird. It's like, why have violence if you don't want to show the violence? Yeah. Yeah, it is an odd set of decisions for that. Because, I mean... The whole series is very combat based, you know, people losing arms and limbs and all that. There's only blood in the first one. <laughs> well, there you go. It's, it's, it's strange that they would choose to have such a violent series, but still try and make it so family friendly. Like you can have it both ways. You can have your family friendly stuff and then have your adult stuff. <clears throat> like, Okay, Return of the Jedi had the Ewoks, but then, you know, it had uh, Luke getting electrocuted for about 20 minutes straight. That's strange to have both in the same movie. But if you have, you know, Rogue One where everything's fucking brutal and then, you know, you can make Solo all about hugs and children, you know? Hey, family's important. (laughs) Yeah, very. Especially if your family is criminals that you just met. (laughs) (laughs) I think Disney really should spin out another brand for themselves 
where they can actually do violence. Yeah. I think it's dumb to own properties like Punisher and then release a family-friendly Punisher. Yeah. Where he just is very stern all the time and he doesn't take any guff. I, <laughs> I think that Disney can do a lot more and a lot better. I understand that children are literally the best way to make money in any market. Yeah. But f- come the fuck on. Yeah, you can definitely you find can, a balance of like, hey, this stuff is explicitly not right. for this audience. That's, that's what our and, rating exists for. Yeah. Like, so not everything needs to be for everyone. And by making everything so kid friendly, they are alienating a smaller, yes, portion of the audience, but they're still alienating a portion of their audience that probably would be interested. And if you got 10 people to say, yo, I would buy Disney max. If they just had some more violence, they'd probably be like, all right, we need more violence guys. Come on. We need 10 people. (laughs) I mean, no, the, that was a, like a lot, a big part of the appeal for some of the Netflix series that they were more visceral than the movies were allowed to be. Yeah. And, uh, those not continuing was one, cause they started to be bad. And two, cause Netflix was like, pony up and but also they have a weird thing where they don't like to do more than two seasons of anything yeah yeah it was vi- uh the other way around disney said if you want to continue using these characters you have to pay us more yes yeah you already have all the money you have all yeah. of it what the, <laughs> what the fuck do you want all the money, money in the world see all right so here's some a, a little bit of old show talk i'm gonna keep it very brief but facebook is already moving in this direction they want their own cryptocurrency. Yep. Yep. So they can they can literally afford to buy a country and then they'll buy a country and have their own sovereign currency and then the world's gonna get fucked. It's gonna be like Blade Runner. Yeah, once there's a single precedent for it, I feel like that could get out of control real quick. Yeah. You, I, the second that Zuckerberg buys a country, you know Bezos right be like, him. I'm getting a bigger country, fuck you. It's yeah. gonna be Bolivia. And he's going to control all of our oil. Yeah. I'm, I'm waiting for Latveria to be real. <laughs> and then Disneyland is actually going to be a country. Oh, shit. <laughs> they already have basically a county in Florida. Yeah, yeah. They bought all that swamp. Yeah. yeah. And it's managed to not sink into the sea. That's that Disney bucks. Yeah. Shit. They already have their own currency. Yeah. Oh, dude, dude. Disney's going to have its own country. Yeah. It's going to be a real thing. It's going to be a it's fucking nightmare. largely going to be fighting over pieces of America. And you know we're just going to be so ecstatic to to give it up. See, that's the problem that I have with using Twitter because I've finally come to the conclusion that Twitter is a joyless experience. Yes. <laughs> Nothing good comes from Twitter. It used to be more fun like, I don't know, maybe three or four years ago. But now it's just people complaining about how bad their lives are. Um, politics talk. Stealing jokes for clout. Stealing jokes for I've clout. I've seen the same post so many times, and every time it'll be like, oh, 97,000 retweets. Oh, good. Yeah. You stole the right joke. And then you'll see people do like, they're, the way that people are branding themselves is, these days is like, I'm depressed. Isn't that relatable? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like, like, bitch, we're all sad. You're not special. Like, <laughs> yeah. fucking go outside. It's, that's why it's so relatable. Yeah. It's relatable content, dog. Because no one can afford to go outside because we're all broke and sad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's. Twitter's going to have its own county in Facebook area. <laughs> Dude, I, I'm not excited. I just want Atari to come back so they can have a big building. 
they'll bring it back just as a nostalgia pull yeah. for all the old people who are like very excited about uh, giving their lives over to corporations. Then life is going to actually be like rich man's war, yeah. poor man's fight, where you just are born and then you're saddled with debt for the entirety of your life. It's going to be so sick. Anyway. It's a lot to look forward to. Yeah, a ton. We'll be back with our review. back with no concessions we're doing our review of Space everybody Jam. get up it's time to slam now yes space jam released on november 15th 1996 directed by joe pitka produced by joe Med- medjuke i don't know daniel goldberg and ivan reitman written by leo Benvenuti and I think that's Steve. Italian. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sopranos making a comeback. <laughs> I gotta get my gabagool right. Yeah, see, the problem you can't pronounce his name because you're not using enough hands. Not, oh, yeah, you're not a member of the family. <laughs> <laughs> Benvenuti, yeah, there you go. <laughs> there we go. Steve Rudnick, Timothy Harris, and Herschel Weingrod, starring Michael Jordan, Billy West, Wayne Knight, Teresa Randall, Danny DeVito. And Danny DeVito. Music by James Newton Howard. Cinematography by Michael Chapman. Edited by Sheldon Kahn. With a budget of $80 million and a box office of $230.4 million. I don't know if I'd say starring Teresa Randall. She's in two <laughs> scenes. Is that? It's his oh, wife. Yeah. It's yeah. his fake wife. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Uh, this movie. Oh, fuck. I forgot to pull up the list. Space Jam was a movie recommended by James A.W. Um, from the little list that we curate of movies that you should recommend to us. Should we not actually want to make a choice about what movie we watch? And thank you, James A.W., for the recommendation. This movie, uh, I want to say there's like more music than talking in the first like Full stop. eight <laughs> minutes of this movie. Oh, I, okay. I mean, let's, so I saw this movie in theaters and I remembered all of the key beats of like plot, but I hadn't seen it. All since one of I, them. <laughs> all one of the key beats. <laughs> oh no, no, there's, well, we'll get to that, but there's, it's only one conflict. Yes. <laughs> However, there's like little moments in there that I'm like, Oh yeah, I remember that. I remember that. So I remembered effectively the entire movie, except I forgot how hard this movie sucks. Michael's dicks. Yeah. Just the, the opening of the movie is a just montage of Michael Jordan. 
Just his greatest hits from college until his retirement. And then even at the beginning of the movie, I'm sure this was like uh, revisionist history at large. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, where like, young Michael Jordan is just... And he can't miss a shot. Sinking him. And then it implies that nine-year-old Michael Jordan ducks. Yeah. And he, <laughs> he jumps. <laughs> and then it cuts to adult Michael Jordan dunking. He like, are we supposed to believe that this nine-year-old boy in, in North Carolina in the middle yo, of the that's night. that's his royal airness. He fucking Right says, before he gets his dad killed. <laughs> for, his, for his gambling debt. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, this week's subgenre is uh, this movie proves hollow earth theory. And also, this guy got his dad killed. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to... We'll talk about the, the version of history in the movie, and then we can talk about what an actual asshole Michael Jordan is. <laughs> he says, as a child, I want to play for North Carolina. Okay, bet. That's fine. And then he says, I want to be a championship basketball player. Good thing he doesn't name drop the Bulls. Nope. And then he says, then I want to play baseball. Just and, like you did. And I was like... He never. It was like, no, you, if you, that was your goal. It was not, oh, then I'll do baseball as a fallback. Like, no, you're going to pick one. (laughs) He never once was just like, I want to be just like you, dad. I want to gamble until I get my father. Uh, that's okay. Uh, but it's yeah. what happened, all right, people. Don't get him out of that. <laughs> oh shit! Uh, this movie. Uh, oh, most intor- important topic here. Most important topic here. Obviously, I was. This was a request, and normally I don't talk about this kind of thing uh, because it's weird. But. Somebody requested that I bring up how fuckable Lola Bunny is. Oh, oh no, there's going to be a whole dissertation on that. Don't worry. <laughs> I personally, literally, I looked because they, they told me this yesterday. I watched the movie this morning and they said this to me yesterday. And I said, like, all right, I'll, I'll look. I'll see uh, what the deal is. And in the movie, it's just like, OK, so she's got a body of like a teenage girl. Like, what, what is this? What are we doing here? People? What are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? Well, let's, let's, if you were nine years old, yeah, a fourteen-year-old, yeah, my my six-year-old mind was racing. Uh, it didn't do anything for me. If you want to fuck cartoons, you're disgusting. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, if you're oh, a furry, that's uh, see, I have a vivid <laughs> imagination. But yeah, no, like let's let's consider the following. Lola Bunny was a character created for Space Jam. She didn't exist prior. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. And and I don't think she's really been in anything since then. If- she's been, she was on Baby Looney Tunes. <laughs> and she was, her characterization was radically different in the recent Looney Tunes show back in like 2015. Okay. But, but it's been. She's been in very little else. <laughs> yeah. If basically anything. nothing. Uh, so she was created for this, for this movie. And. She wears a different uniform from everyone else, specifically to show her midriff. Uh, her shorts are shorter, and her voice is unnecessarily sultry. Yeah. Like, there is no reason. They really horned her up for no reason. She should be talking like this. Very breathy. But they yeah. ran into, so they ran into an issue with designing a female counterpoint part for bugs bunny because bugs bunny historically dresses in drag all the time yeah and so how do you design a female counterpart that doesn't just look like bugs bunny in drag the answer <laughs> is make her horny as fuck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, 
They like went extreme, like exaggerating the feminine features, like her eyelashes, and she just has eyeshadow for whatever reason. And she's always got like the half closed bedroom eyes. Yeah. They were like, we have to go so far in the other direction so she doesn't just look like Bugs Bunny. I mean, they could have they could have just made Bugs more masculine. They saw him when he got all buffed up, you yeah. know. Just, just have him be like that the whole time. Yeah, the whole fucking time. He's playing just basketball. A giant, he needs to be big. Ripped Bugs Bunny. <laughs> <laughs> He's the same size as the monster. <laughs> <laughs> then you can make Lola just a regular ass rabbit. I like how freely they talk about slavery in this movie. Yeah. yeah they dropped the word slavery like five times. Oh, many times. To Michael Jordan. Like, yo, MJ, you remember slavery? It's like, going to make us slaves. That was chill. I was like, yo, that's low-key kind of refreshing. Because I've always felt like the Looney Tunes were the real ones. <laughs> later, they like literally show Michael Jordan in chains. Yeah. Yeah. Playing basketball for the entertainment. This, this was all a metaphor about how the NCAA needs to be paying their players. Yeah, <laughs> they were time. fucking brilliant, dude. Oh, my goodness. This movie actually... Uh, holds up a lot better than I thought it would. Not necessarily yeah. in terms of visuals, but oh, yeah, as was. far as like a movie as a whole, like a piece of entertainment, it's cohesive. It's like it has its goal and it fucking gets there. And you're like, very easy to follow. Now the story is over, and also this happened in real life. Maybe <laughs> the, <laughs> Michael Jordan. Literally, if this happened in real life, Michael Jordan would have just kept their powers. Yeah. Oh, he would have yeah. just... Yeah, he would not have given them their powers. He even says, I'm going to regret doing this when he does it in the movie. Uh, and you know, shit. it probably took a lot to get him and Patrick Ewing in the same room again. Oh. They, didn't have a great, they didn't have the best relationship when they were on the Bulls together. <laughs> oh, shit. They yeah. chose... An interesting cast of like what you didn't love Sean Bradley, <laughs> <laughs> legendary Muggsy superstar Bones? Sean Bradley. <laughs> it's like all right, we got Ewing, we got Barkley, and three other guys, I guess. <laughs> I mean, Muggsy Bones is still real big at the time. I mean, Larry Johnson obviously was big at the time. Yeah, Grandmama and his like fucking player edition of the Nikes. Nike shoes back then fucking sucked. Yeah, I mean, not in terms of look, but in terms of like comfort and the ability to play in them. Uh, some good ass marketing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Their marketing was out of this world. That was entirely due to Michael Jordan's agent, who's also the reason this fucking movie exists. Oh yeah. Um I forget what the dude's strong move. I forget what the dude's name is, but he, Genius. He uh revolutionized like licensing and like uh merchandising for uh athletes cuz like they were like, "Hey, be in our commercials and we'll give you like thirty thousand dollars and that was like just how it was until this guy took over um as michael jordan's agent was like look michael jordan's the biggest star in the league he's one of the biggest celebrities in the world and he was like look here's what you stand to make by having him associated with your brand so he should be getting at least this and it was like millions of dollars whereas before it was like maybe maybe a hundred thousand if you're michael jordan yeah and he ended up kicking off Air Jordans as a brand and was like, yo, Michael deserves forty million up top. Like, you're gonna make easily two hundred million dollars on these shoes in one year. My client deserves this amount because that's what he represents for your brand. This guy's dick must be massive. <laughs> and then he was and like at the time Looney Tunes was like faltering. No one gave a shit about Looney Tunes. Oh, yeah, nah. The last like big Looney Tunes like time was in like the fucking sixties. It really kind of they'd really kind of tapered off in terms of popularity, and 
Bugs Bunny turned 50 in 91, 92, I want to say. And so they were looking for something big to do. And they did the Hair Jordan Super Bowl ad where it's Michael Jordan or it's fucking Bugs Bunny is getting accosted by some multiracial street toughs (laughs) 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 on a basketball court. And Michael Jordan shows up and was like, leave him alone. Let's show him Bugs. And then they fucking play basketball for 30 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) And then the commercial's over and it's for Warner Brothers and also Air Jordans. And it fucking was, it took off. People loved it. Nike sales like skyrocketed and people started watching Looney Tunes again. That's like the Warner, the WB store like really kicked off before they fucking went bankrupt five years later. (laughs) And so that sped leaned into turning into Space Jam because Joe Pitka, the director of Space Jam, did like a bunch of fucking commercials, including the Hair Jordan one. They were like, <laughs> can we make this like a thing? And they did. And now we have Space Jam. <laughs> Incredible. And soon to have Space Jam 2. Yeah. Yep. Hopefully LeBron's a better actor than Michael, though. Yo, Mike's acting was weak. Like, to be <laughs> fair, he's mostly in a green screen. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it definitely... But also, he's not a good actor. Like, if you see him in commercials and stuff, he's mostly just looking at whoever else is on screen with him like they're an asshole. <laughs> yeah, that was largely what he was doing, was just like looking incredulous. That's it's, his acting range. Yep. And to be fair, they do a good job of kind of hiding him in this movie. Yeah, yeah you don't see his face a whole lot. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, when can we get Michael playing basketball? <laughs> yeah, that he can do. It was interesting because I thought this movie was going to be like very heavy on the Michael Jordan. He'd be involved in every scene or have something to say in every scene. But that's a Looney Tunes movie. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. He's just like in there. He's sometimes. ancillary. Yeah. And I really appreciated that because I was like, dude, this movie is going to be fucking terrible if he's in here trying to act. Yeah. And he, it was during the first like, what, 10 minutes of the movie? What is it? Yeah. Just him with his family. family. <laughs> yeah. Him and uh, can't remember the actor's name. Wayne Knight. Wayne Knight, yeah. Oh, him and man. Wayne Knight. Wayne Knight was like carrying him. Yes. That whole first <laughs> act of the movie, if there are humans in the shot, it's Wayne Knight just doing so much to keep, to distract us from how wooden <laughs> Michael Jordan is. And then Bill Murray's there, and that's fun. And, yeah. and then cartoons. Yep. Yeah. Bill Murray. Bill Murray's parts were pretty funny. And it's nice that it's just those two scenes. Yeah. Yeah. Because he, he's very one note. It is fun. But he basically only says the same thing every time, which was, I bet I could have gone pro. Yeah. So yeah. he's only supposed to, they like, I'd only written that first scene into the movie, like the golf scene. And they're like, well, so, but later he had questions because Ivan Reitman's one of the producers. And Ivan Reitman obviously wrote and produced Ghostbusters and a bunch of other movies that Bill Murray was in in the 80s. But he was like, well, how are you going to do, like, the, the main part of this movie is that Michael Jordan plays basketball with fucking cartoons. Like, what is that? Well, how does that happen? And he went to set another day, like when they were shooting um, some of the Monstar stuff. And he saw that they were like people on set. And it was like this huge green screen set. But they were actually like physically there. And he was like, I need to be a part of this. And so they wrote <laughs> him into the basketball scene. Oh, so, that's cool. So his line where he says, oh, I know the producer. Yeah, the producer. Me off. <laughs> so that's real. <laughs> yeah. And that line is for nobody. Because you don't see Ivan Reitman's name in the opening credits. You don't see him until the end credits. So if you don't know he's producing beforehand, you have no idea what that line means. And if you're a kid, yes. you know... 
what any of those words are. I, there were several moments in the movie that it's like, this was clearly not meant yeah, for it's children. Yeah, Pulp Fiction reference. Yeah. <laughs> what child has seen Pulp Fiction? There's like lines about Charles Barkley dating Madonna. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's, there's a lot of... That psych reference, like implies that uh, Patrick Ewing's dick doesn't work because he can't play basketball anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> those scenes are funny as well. Like yeah. when the other basketball players are like trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah, those, those scenes, are pretty good. It's weird that it's Charles Barkley doing shit separately and then the four dudes doing stuff together. It's kind of weird. I guess Barkley had more star power at the time. Yeah. But it was like, why aren't... <laughs> yeah, I love playing basketball. <laughs> oh. Why are we watching Charles Barkley get embarrassed by a teenage girl and then praying about not wanting to fuck Madonna anymore? <laughs> I'll never fuck Madonna again. I love basketball too much, Lord. <laughs> he just need to pass basketball. <laughs> fuck Charles Barkley. <laughs> I hope he's in Space Jam too. Oh, he better make a cameo. Michael Jordan's going to be it. Cheese Eye McGee is going to be that motherfucker. <laughs> He's a yellow ass son bit. <laughs> God damn. John, this old bastard. <laughs> Shit. Uh, He's got his gambling uh, debt. So, like, he probably bet. Whether or not to show up in the movie on a game of poker. Yeah, lost, gonna, and now he has to be in the movie. He's going to bet like the over under on the box office for that movie. Like, you know, he would do that shit all the time. There's oh, fuck Michael Jordan's such an asshole. There's a story about one day he um, one really took out. But he took this guy out golfing with him and just kept betting on the whole and just was fucking whiffing it all day. Just drinking beer. And being terrible at golf all morning and like just kept up in the stakes and ended up like in the hole, like something like $55,000 or something. Holy shit. And then he bet, he was like, look, cause up the stakes, double or nothing. But tonight I, we, we won by 20 and I put up 50 and then he did that shit. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, what level of like incredible athleticism psychopathic confidence <laughs> and just an incredible level of douchebaggery like that weird combination like is there something about being really talented that makes you more of an asshole like because it's a legendary degree with michael jordan he's easily one of the greatest athletes in like in recorded history not only that he brought back the nba yeah, yeah. like he made the nba relevant in america again yes because he was like a talent that nobody had seen in a long or ever yeah he won mvp and rookie of the year yeah in the same year and then he decided to go bald which was smart yeah <laughs> after, just commit after he did the stop get some help video yeah Damn. Yeah. He, I mean, I would probably be on my own dick too if I was that good. And it's like, it's amazing. And like, like he was like a real dick on set too. Like when like the people who are on set playing basketball with them for the sake of like the green screen and everything, he was just a real dick. (laughs) He, well, at one point, like checked a dude, like crossed him up and then body checked him and was like, get the fuck off the court. (laughs) Yo, this is a Looney Tunes movie, man. This is a this is an actor. Yeah. This is an actor who's pretending to be a monster for the children's movie you're acting in. Mike, turn it down a little bit. That doesn't surprise me one bit. Oh, like, not in he can't turn it off. And for for the sake of his career, it's for the best because he was the greatest basketball player ever. But he cannot 
turn off that competitive streak, and it's pushed him to be incredible. But also a psychopath. Also, it got his dad killed. <laughs> <laughs> and that's probably why none of his kids are good at basketball. Yeah. Because it's just like, get or out of my face, you little bitch. <laughs> or talk to him ever. <laughs> yeah. But like, it's, it's a weird, it's like, this is a peak revisionist history. I mean, on top of it being about fucking cartoons, but like, it's a period piece because it came out in 96 and is set in 93. Yeah, that's weird. Like that his dad's still alive for the movie. Well, like, oh, just at the beginning. Yeah, when yeah. He, he, mentioned, he mentions when he retires. Yeah, that his dad was able to see his last game. Right, but they don't mention the fact that his dad was murdered. Yeah, because it's a children's movie. But <laughs> a little heavy. <laughs> but they're like, yeah, I just, I just not feeling. I'm like at the top of my game. I just want to do something different for a little bit. And in real life, uh, he had he was starting to get into trouble for uh, insider trading because he kept <laughs> betting on his own games and he had racked up such an amazing gambling debt that there's a good chance that someone he owed money to had his father killed to make sure that he would pay up. Holy shit. And that's not confirmed, but that's probably what happened. And the league was like, yo, Mike, you have to, you have to stop. Like you can't keep gambling at the, like on your own games like this. You're going to get into trouble. And like, if it comes out that you're doing this, the whole league is going down. Yeah. So they like he that he decided to quote unquote retire from basketball and they knew it was never going to be for good. It was like, look, take some time off. It'll blow over. Then you can come back. And that's exactly what fucking happened. Yep. He had a mediocre baseball career. And then three years later, it was just like, fuck baseball. I'm going to go back to being the best basketball player in the league. And uh, that's what happened. But and no it, one cared about the Wizards still. No, that was no, he, he came, came back, back to the, the Bulls. Oh, yeah. So he retired. And everyone once. was a Bulls fan, whether you knew anything about basketball. Or not. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, he retired twice and came back where he yeah, retired. He twice, retired came back. the second no, time. Retired three times. Mm. Yeah. Came back twice. Uh, Bulls. And then he went to the Wizards, which he was owned. a part owner of yeah, at the time. He co-owned the franchise. And which was really weird because they made him like give up his role as GM. Yeah, while he was playing, but he was a bad GM anyway. Yeah, that because he, he only knows how to do one thing: win at basketball. He fucking constantly. He owns the Hornets now. Yeah, and then he, he constantly talks shit to his players. I bet he's like, "Yo, I could still take all of you." But in what do you say to Michael Jordan? <laughs> I'd be like, "All right, bet. Let's go. Let's, Let's do go. it. Bet me your ownership stake in the team." <laughs> You fucking cheese-eyed, <laughs> you fucking mustard-eyed hoe. Bet me your stake in the team. Can you imagine just getting shit talked by a fifty-one-year-old man who is a gambling-addicted alcoholic, <laughs> who is just famously doesn't give a shit about anybody? Yeah, his marriage, his marriage fell apart. He doesn't really have a good relationship with his kids. No one wants. No one really wants Michael Jordan around. He dresses like oh, <laughs> it's God. still the early two thousands. He's fucking. He wears his boot cut jeans, which are just a shade below UFO pants. <laughs> if you've ever just Google UFO pants, is, pause the show, Google <laughs> UFO pants, and then Google Michael Jordan boot cut jeans, and you'll see exactly what the fuck I'm talking about. He's one of those dudes who's. He's. I will say that. He is a 
good example of a wealthy person because he's not executing massive harm to people. Yeah. He he's, minds his own business and like doesn't actually, he doesn't care about anything. Yeah. So he's not exploitative at all. No. He just <laughs> likes to have money. <laughs> He he has a motorcycle team, motor, a motorsports team that he raced on for like one season. Maybe like they let him race like for a few races, but they they basically were like, "Look, if we're going to continue to compete, you can't race with us anymore. Yeah. You can't be on the bike." <laughs> and that I, was that was pretty funny. I imagine being that tall is probably a detriment if you're a a racer yeah absolutely because you're racing against dudes who are like five fucking yeah, it's like two jockeys yeah. 2.0 <laughs> yeah yeah the dudes the the racer is probably going to be like five five and 110 pounds yeah. yeah and you only can have a bike in x range of weight and uh, engine speed and power so you would have to uh, if you were Michael Jordan, compensate with some sort of skill. But these dudes have been doing it for like years. Yeah. And just because you want to gamble on your own races. <laughs> Yo, I bet you I'll get seventh place I'm out gonna, of eight. I'm going to be in seventh the whole match. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Gotcha. For the whole race. That fucking dude. And even in this movie, he's just an asshole yeah. to these cartoon even characters. In the last, in, so in the last, like, in the last part of the basketball game, he's straight up like, Someone steal the ball, get it to me, I'll take care of it. <laughs> like, that's full on his whole... I mean, it's a pretty effective strategy. I mean, it worked in real life. Why wouldn't it work in Looney Tunes? Yeah, yeah and I, although I understand it's a fake basketball game, how, how does it even matter if they score? Because you can just do whatever the fuck you want. Like, why not just <laughs> right. take the ball from under the hoop and just constantly put it through? <laughs> just cartoon logic the shit out of it. Yes. Yeah. It does. Like, these guys are literally co- like committing technical fouls. <laughs> There's a dude. Yosemite Sam was on the court with a fucking pistol <laughs> out. <laughs> they shoot one of the monsters' teeth out. <laughs> Tweety scalps the same monster. <laughs> They get a bull from the audience <laughs> on the court. This is like a, a really advanced uh, Harlem Globetrotters game. Yeah, oh, definitely. <laughs> they're like body slamming each other and shit. Like it's just fu- if there aren't any rules, like what are we doing? Why is there a referee? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fucking pussy ass Marvin the Martian. Not he didn't have his Pew 36, whatever the fuck gun it is. Space modulator. Yeah. Some yeah. shit. Oh my god! So Marvin the Martian's the the ref because he's an alien, but he's also a cartoon, so he's got to be different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Explain both because sides. the monsters are the nerd looks, as they're called before they get all jacked. They're not cartoon aliens; they're aliens in the real world. Yeah, they're <laughs> actually aliens. <laughs> That's a good point. They like That's look animated, point. but we see them in space. When they come from space to Earth, they come to regular Earth. They don't go to cartoon yeah, Earth first. They have to go to They have to go to where world. the cartoons are. So those are real aliens. Inside the hollow Earth, yeah. yes. mind you. Owned by Warner Brothers. Yes. <laughs> Warner Brothers branded hollow Earth. Also, Godzilla King of the Monsters, which also confirms hollow Earth. Produced by Warner Brothers. There hey, we go. They're trying to tell us the truth. Trying to tell yeah. us the truth. Let's go find it. Let's go. It's under a golf course somewhere, I guess. Yeah. He And I like how Stan was digging in the wrong place. Yeah. It's like, I'm fixing a divot, not next to where Michael Jordan was kidnapped. And initially, he was, in fact, kidnapped. And it's and then he was sexually assaulted by a rabbit. 
Yeah. It's immediately. <laughs> and his only reaction is just to look at the camera incredulously. Yeah, he's like, he's super cool with things. Like, what's going on? What's, <laughs> what's going on here? How are you real? Not. Yeah, he's just like, Bugs Bunny, you're a cartoon. You're not real. <laughs> you almost <laughs> delivered it exactly the same way. I know. I've seen this movie so many times, you guys. He's like, well, if I'm not real, could I sexually assault you? Michael Jordan. <laughs> that. What you going to do? Take me to cartoon court? Doesn't exist. He's like, I'm Look the judge, bitch. It's just, it's just Bugs Bunny in a, in a wig. He's like, oh, yeah, you're also the judge. That's how these cartoons always come. <laughs> He's also the jury. Yeah. yeah. It's just nine bugs money. <laughs> it's supposed to be 12, but one of them's already the defendant and the judge and the lawyer yeah. and the entire gallery. Yeah. And that's why uh, Elmer Fudd is in prison for attempted murder. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> that man has never had a hunting license. He's just been going Not out. once. What he doesn't f- wear safety equipment. He's just in brown. You're going to get shot, Elmer. Yeah. You look like a deer. Also, go to speech therapy, dude. Like, it's, it's okay. You're an <laughs> same, adult. Same with Porky Pig. Give, work yeah. on that stutter, my G. Yeah. He, he, would, he could sound like uh, James Earl Jones now if he just got worked on. But yeah, but yeah, but work <laughs> god damn i'm thankful that this movie is short yeah, yeah. it's like 75 minutes <laughs> it's exactly how long it needs to be yeah yeah it is there's only one subplot and it's four scenes of basketball players being bad at basketball yeah who were all better actors than michael jordan <laughs> yes yeah even charles barkley is better at acting than michael jordan but just barely just barely like, just a very barely. low bar and he, he might be worse we just only see him a couple times that's yeah. true that's true it could have been like 60 takes for his two lines because that scene like with the when he gets clowned by that teenage girl while it's only like 20 seconds long she like goes over like you're charles barkley and he's like he doesn't even talk he's just like Mm. <laughs> yes, <laughs> those words mean me. <laughs> he's just like that. I do will say that all the basketball players that get their talent st- stolen do like a really good job of being terrible at basketball because <laughs> yeah. it's not just like they're not just like inv like invalid. They're not just unable to even move. They're just like they understand the concept of basketball, but can't do anything if their brain makes the association. So it's like yeah, they can still like walk around and stuff, but they can't like. No hand-eye coordination. Yeah, that's, it's just gone. <laughs> like when uh, fucking Sean Bradley's just like stomping across the court. It's like, what is happening? It's very funny. It's, they're very funny. Uh, that's also the scene where um, Michael Jordan is watching it. And he's just shirtless for no reason. <laughs> just oiled up. Just chocolate brown skin. Yeah. I like that those scenes were actually filmed in an arena at least yeah. to some point because what they normally do in those kinds of scenes after like the mid 2000s is they have like two rows of real people yeah then the rest of it's green screen yeah and it's fucking jarring but there are actually people in this arena i don't know where they filmed it and how but i'm thankful for that yeah i'm interested to, i would be interested to find out how they did those games because those are the actual teams yeah like, they probably had some sort of deal and you said all right after the game there's going to be like this exhibition yeah, kind of thing everyone hang out we're shooting the movie and i wonder if this is around when licensing rights changed for using the nba logo and the mlb logo because they have the mlb logo yeah. just not n- any of the team names yeah. yeah and but there were real teams for the basketball teams yeah it's yeah, the actual, yeah those are the actual nba teams yeah the mlb teams it was like the barons yeah well he played 
he played triple uh, a right yeah yeah i don't think that was was that the triple a team because no it did those are all actors a white socks <laughs> yeah. uh, logo on the sleeve of his barons jersey <laughs> and i was like okay that's a little bit on the nose yeah <laughs> and i that portion with the catcher is pretty good yeah, yeah. i told you not to swing cheese eyes what the fuck <laughs> i'm sure that's like the real thing that happened to him all the time <laughs> it's a slider don't swing yeah stupid yeah, and he was trying to help him out. He autographed that basketball. Yeah. I'm a fucking hero now, man. I appreciate you. Now when I have to go back to work for the rest of the regular season, I I can have my kid at least smile at me. <laughs> when I'm on the road for 128 games. <laughs> Making $30,000 a year. Yeah, definitely worth not, it. If you're not MLB, you Dude, ain't fucking stop. Shit. Like, yeah, it's really crazy. I knew a few people who were playing minor league baseball. One dude is still playing uh, baseball, but he's not on any active roster, I don't think. I think he's still in AAA. And the way that it was explained to me recently, and by that I mean yesterday in the morning, yeah. was that typically if you are playing baseball, you spend six years in like the AAA system or the A system league. I don't know. AAA is the highest one of those A's, right? Yeah. So you spend six years in those lower divisions until basically the roster is worn out on a team and they call you up. Huh. But they there are like thousands of people who yeah. play baseball in the U.S. and it's more of a political game than it is uh, talent. I can see that because Definitely. baseball because how much talent do you need to have to play baseball? Not a ton, as it turns out. <laughs> Who's the until like twenty years ago? Every baseball player was out of shape. They oh, were yeah. all just like Babe Ruth's fat as fuck. <laughs> they were all just like chugging beers in the dugout, doing lines of coke and off their own bat, and then hitting a home run and lightly jogging around the field. That was all of baseball for eighty years. Yeah, absolutely. They would just be smoking stogies <laughs> in the fucking dugout. The kids behind them complaining about it. <laughs> just throw <laughs> them a face. You little bastard, get out of here. Yeah, no, I'm not going to sign your ball, you piece of shit. Yeah, just some coked out dude with a... What was the dude's name? It was a guy that uh, pitched a perfect game tripping hard on acid. I think it was uh, Randy something. Yeah, it was in the, it was in the 80s. And he was just, he was just tripping. He's... Took too much acid the night before. Holy shit. <laughs> and it's still like tripping hard. Pitches a perfect game. If you can pitch a perfect, if you can do the best thing <laughs> in your sport while smacked out of your fucking brain, you don't have to be good at that. You don't have to be athletic to do that. Yeah. I don't think there's any other sport where you could maybe cricket. You could do the same thing. Yeah. You can be, you can be fucked up playing cricket. Yeah. Effectively the same thing as baseball. Yeah, yeah, you couldn't just do it in basketball. Weird baseball. Yeah, you can There's imagine no chance. doing a bunch of PCP the same day you have to play an NBA. <laughs> you were just sweating before anything even starts. <laughs> you can't. You can smoke weed. Some people can. One of the dudes I used to play with uh, in high school would smoke a fat bowl before every game, and if he didn't smoke, he would play worse. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. was. Yeah, state reliant memory, man. You do it. You got to pro- you got to play the way you practice. <laughs> There's a lot of people that can't do like performance based things without some sort of mind altering. Yeah, most of the musicians I know, yeah, will like do like two or three shots before they get on stage. It's like, uh, okay, but then I go to rehearsal with them, and they're like. There's a six pack in next to every person's oh, microphone. Yeah, like, yeah, well, uh, well, I guess if you're used to doing it this way, I definitely play better sober. 
but I have played just ripped. <laughs> just yeah. like I, the, the one time I ever played high, cause I just don't really smoke much, but one time I was at a, a jam session and uh, they smoked me out. So I took a solo and I'm like, I have no idea how long I've been playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what, if you're playing jazz or like if you're like jamming and you, you can get to improvise, then sure, be fucked up. Oh, yeah, because yeah. I've played some of my best solos hammered and I like saw a video of it later. I'm like, yo, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of nice. Killing it. I definitely went on 16 bars too long, yeah. but <laughs> I, I sounded real good. Did you did you ignore the little swell that was your notification? Like stop your solo. No, I just wasn't looking at the uh, the section leader. <laughs> He's like trying to like point to someone else to start, and I was like, nope, nah, still going, still me, dog, still me. And I was like, you saw you saw that I was double fisting double whiskey cokes. Like, let's, let's be real. You know what you signed up for? Yeah, when I when I played high, I didn't consider that. Um, Messing with your air circulation while high is going to affect you because <laughs> I was getting a higher while playing. Yeah, yeah. You're getting less and less oxygen. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Well, do either of you know gambling addicts who got their fathers killed? No. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I might. <laughs> I definitely know a guy who we went to, uh, to Vegas with him and he pulled out like $300 like for his starting this is what i'm gonna what i'm gonna play with lost that in a day went back to the bank lost all of that went back to the bank won some of it back but he was down about six hundred dollars for the weekend when his budget was 300 yikes but that's that's not getting anyone killed dead (laughs) yeah can you imagine the amount of debt Michael Jordan <laughs> needed to be in for someone to kill his father? At what point? Like, he <laughs> probably could have just fucking paid them, too. He's the most famous man in the world <laughs> behind How? Michael Jackson. Yeah. He's so incredibly famous. He has the biggest merchandising deal still that's ever been. I just His net worth is $1.9 billion. And he's a fucking athlete who and hasn't what? played in 15 years. Yeah, he hasn't really done shit for 10 years. But he he gets, I don't know, like $9 for every pair of Jordans sold. Like, he's doing all right. Oh, yeah. No, he, he definitely damn. still owns a bunch no, of he shit. he got a fucking great deal on Air Jordan. Seriously, shout out to that agent for killing the game. Yeah. Changed the game completely. Totally. What the fuck? We'd still be, LeBron would still be making $60,000 like, <laughs> off endorsements. Final thoughts on the movie? It's it's a fun movie, you know. It's it's Space Jam. You know what you're signing up for, yeah. and like it's it's the exact same movie that I thought it that I remembered it being from being six years old. Yeah, it has aged fine. Like it's it's decent. It's not any more impressive than like Who Framed Roger Rabbit, but Who Framed Roger Rabbit came out eight years prior, so yeah. it's, it's definitely better than Cool World. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Check out our Cool World episode for those of you who are somehow listening to this episode but haven't heard any previous episodes of the show. Yeah, I mean, hey, if you're listening to only this episode, there are plenty of other episodes to check out. For some reason, as an aside, another aside, Falling Down is our most popular episode. Well, it's also the best movie we've watched. Yeah. <laughs> hey. But a movie that very few people have heard of, but I did see it come up a bunch um after joker came out oh yeah yeah 
I mean, the comparison there is easy. Yeah. But uh, I saw an article actually recently that was like, that was written in 2016 for some, for no discernible reason, <laughs> if I'm being honest. And it was just one of those like inflammatory articles. The, the headline was, yes, white people. Uh, what's his name? Michael Duvall. Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas was not the hero in falling down. And I was like, in 2016, what the fuck yeah. was thinking about <laughs> this talking about falling down? <laughs> Who's this article for? Why are you writing this? That's that's weird. Yeah, yeah, that's real out of pocket for no reason. Yeah. It was something else. I think that was maybe in the days when people were still trying to figure out clickbait. Yeah. But if everything's clickbait, then nothing's clickbait, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. The world is desensitized to it. Yeah, for all just ignoring all of those things in our Facebook feeds. Also, stop using Facebook. I know I was literally just on Facebook. But like, we got to stop. This is collectively a society. <laughs> yeah. Before they become our literal overlords. But it's so convenient for event planning. Look, I don't want to have to deal with that uh, exchange rate when they own their own country. <laughs> <laughs> you you are not trying to get some face bucks? Oh, shit. If that's not the name, I'm not getting any. <laughs> <laughs> if it's called Facebooks, I'm on board. I'm absolutely <laughs> on board. I will be an early adopter of Facebooks. I'm getting my nothing passport else. tonight. <laughs> How do I give up my my U.S. citizenship? Let's do it. <laughs> oh fuck! About to be an expatriate. The movie is good. Uh, if you're a kid, it's, I laughed a whole bunch at this movie. If I'm being honest, it is legitimately funny in a lot of t- in a lot of moments, and it's never like. There, there weren't any times where I was like, come on, that's what we're doing. Like, there are no, like, groan-worthy moments. It's just like, they, a joke doesn't hit, it just doesn't hit, but it doesn't, like, hurt you <laughs> to have heard it. Yeah. And the physical comedy is, like, it's Looney Tunes. Like, if you like fucking Looney Tunes, you're probably going to like Space Jam still. Yeah, absolutely. If One thing that I'm very glad about, actually, in this movie is that none of the humans were overtly horny for Lola Bunny. Oh, yeah. God, that would be so Because that would definitely... If they had just, like, Wayne Knight lusting after Lola. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so bad. Well, let's look uh. forward to June 2021. Uh, see how... <laughs> yeah, how... See, uh, watch Kevin Hart oh, God. get all boned up. <laughs> God, Kevin Hart... Please stop. You know Kevin Hart's going to be in Space Jam, too. Absolutely. You know he's going to yeah. be in that. Yep. He hasn't started in his own movie in a long time. He's just been featured in other people's stuff. Yeah. Like, for some reason, he's in Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah. It's because it's, it's The Rock. Like, for whatever reason, they're, they're best friends, friends, and that's it. We're about to get Jumanji 2 in a couple months. Yep. Yeah. Jumanji 3. <laughs> Technically, yeah. Really, yes. <laughs> Hold on. Is that... No, it is a sequel. Yeah. I thought this was literally the third one that they made. The one that's about to come out? Yeah. Yeah, it's the third one. The third one with the rock. No, it's no the second, second one with the rock. rock. Oh, but it's Damn. the it's the third it because Jumanji. Welcome to the jungle, like, whatever the fuck it's called. Jumanji game over, man. <laughs> it is uh, actually a direct sequel because they find that the dude's dad finds the game on the same beach that we see at the end of Jumanji. And it's like the board game and then turns itself into a game cartridge because it's the 80s now. And not the 50s like it was in the first one. Hmm. Hooray. Fucking kill me, dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, when we get back, we'll be uh, talking about our titular segment, No Concessions.
we're back with no concessions our titular segment where we make a case for our favorite or least favorite movies who's up first who wants to go first i'll do it all right black dynamite Ooh. all right classic black dynamite hit, hit out of nowhere <laughs> In a like, I'd been into black exploitation films like kung fu movies and shit, and I was like real into that for whatever reason as a kid. Shouldn't have watched them, but <laughs> I did. A lot of weird um, sex stuff in a lot of those black exploitation films. <laughs> was yeah. which movie was it where the dude was just choking people out with his dick? It like would grow and grow, and it would just like wrap around somebody's neck and like strangle them to death. I missed that one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that was. Uh... A black exploitation movie, or if it was a porno, but <laughs> look, that Venn diagram is basically a circle, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or a Taurus, like the planet. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was like it was real. It was very well done, like homage to those films that also had like that absurdist humor that was real big in two thousand eight. But that shit, it holds up. Like it's still really funny. I can't. I, there, there was a period where I was like, I got to stop showing this to people who aren't black because <laughs> these jokes are not for them. And they're yeah. the same to me in real life. And we're out to fight. <laughs> <laughs> but it is also a difficult movie to, um, for example, show your dad. Yeah. Because it opens with black dynamite fucking three women at the same time. <laughs> and it's just shots of just the, just breasts and, and then dynamite press black time and the whole time it's dynamite dynamite <laughs> Dad, i promise i promise it's mostly funny because <laughs> there's no more nudity the rest of that yeah film. it's just that opening scene and it's a lot in that opening scene but but that shit's so funny and like michael jai white is very he's such a good comedic actor and it's yeah. so weird that he's just in a bunch of like tyler perry movies and is he in Tyler Perry? Yeah, movies? he's in. Um, he's in. Uh, why did I get married? And why did I get married too? <laughs> oh, isn't Kevin Hart in that as no. well? No, surprisingly not. Oh, <laughs> he, he definitely is in some Tyler he's, Perry movie about marriage. I mean, they're all about marriage. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and they're all about how the, the dark skinned man is evil. <laughs> and if you if you marry a light skinned dude, you're gonna get AIDS. Uh, and the second one. <laughs> Um, Janet Jackson's dark skinned husband has been, who's been abusing her was like beating the shit out of her in the first one and just like shows up on this group friend vacation um, in the second one with like his new young wife um, yes those dark skins would do gets in a car accident and dies oh <laughs> <laughs> and then it ju- and that's like the end of the movie and then it jumps ahead like three months and she's just like still like teaching or whatever whatever the fuck she does and she's like trying like putting her life back together and like moving on from her <laughs> abusive now dead ex-husband and meets the rock <laughs> the rock's just in the end of this movie <laughs> just being tall and light-skinned and handsome <laughs> <laughs> The Rock doesn't even claim his blackness. How dare you, Tyler Perry? How dare yeah, as you? Yeah, as soon as it started to affect his wrestling career, he's like, nope, just Samoan. Yeah. That's much more marketable. Vince McMahon loves Samoans, but he hates black people. 
Black Dynamite. Black, Black Dynamite, Dynamite. Is, is fucking is real funny. Definitely check it out again. And then watch the cartoon. The cartoon is also real good. It only got like like twelve episodes. It was like two seasons, but they were both short. And it gets to be it's a cartoon, so I can do a lot more. Yeah. But uh, Black Dynamite fucking holds up. It's very funny. It's very cleverly written. There's like a lot of weird guest stars like it's a fun movie that's definitely worth if you haven't watched it since it came out or if you never saw it when it came out because it got a very limited release in theaters and it was basically like it was on adult swim a couple times after it hit home media but uh it would still have to be edited though Some i mean well, they showed in the middle of the night so they could do all the swears but they was like edit out the tits and oh okay sure the, some of the jokes are edited um for like light for like licensing reasons but huh. But yeah, if you haven't watched it in a while, definitely check it out. And if you never saw it, it's definitely worth watching. Especially if you live in LA, because there's a bunch of uh, oh, yeah. references and stuff in that. Yeah, yeah. And then also, just like go watch like Black Belt Jones or some shit. Uh, Jim Kelly's real fun to watch. Just getting back to black exploitation and kung fu movies. Yeah, Jim Kelly's great. Lived All in right. San Diego for a long time. Didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Um, he was a tennis coach. Oh, he's also real into tennis. I met him uh, when I was 11. That's <laughs> dope. When I was playing tennis. And I got re- weirdly wistful for a second. <laughs> um, just like that time it came out that I used to be, <laughs> I used to be in bowling tournaments all the time. I used to also uh, do t- a lot of tennis tournaments when I was younger. And I met Jim Kelly at one of them. That's, That's cool. Tight. Watch Black Dynamite. Check yeah. Dynamite. <laughs> All right, so uh, my no concession for this week is La La Land, but this is on the negative. Okay. okay. Fuck that movie. We were about to turn the show off. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I, I've kind of ranted about La La Land before, but I need, to, I need to really just break this down for y'all. All right, so La La Land as a film, totally fine. It's well shot. The acting's fine. The music is okay neither emma stone nor ryan gosling can really sing but i mean you know it's fine i guess uh and the plot is somewhat interesting it would have been better if they were people of color not just so it wasn't white people saving jazz but and and we've Look, seen what john legend doing it's not real jazz <laughs> well we're gonna get to that we're gonna get the fuck to that <laughs> but uh yeah it, it's my biggest problem with the movie is that whoever wrote this has no idea what jazz is. And they also don't know what year it is. If the movie took place in 1950, okay, you've got yourself a film. Everything would have made sense. But it was definitely set in modern times. There's traffic on the 405. There's smartphones and people driving Priuses. And, like, it's definitely a modern film and then also it comes with like the cultural baggage of the fact that nobody fucking listens to jazz anymore right and if they do it's like sleepy time beats that you can smoke and cry (laughs) to Yeah. yeah cinematography fine all that fine this movie fucking sucks because don't know what jazz is the opening scene or the first scene that i remember uh is ryan gosling playing in some bar lounge whatever uh and 
it's during Christmas time, so he's supposed to be playing, you know, like jingle bells and stuff, but he goes off into this wild piano solo where he can really express himself and, you know, put his feelings into the music. And then the, uh, the restaurateur is like, hey, he gets fired because he didn't do what he's fucking hired to do. Yeah. It's like, hey, piece of shit. Why are you playing this, all this expressive stuff? You're supposed to be playing our boring Christmas music. Don't you know what we paid you for? Get out of here. And that's it. He's run out. All right, fine. Yeah. No, it's okay. I was not sympathetic to that at all because he wasn't doing what he was paid to be doing. If you're a musician, if you're a working musician, if you're playing a funk gig, you play funk. If you're playing a classic gig, you play classic. You play what you're paid to play. That's number one. Like that, he fucked that up. Especially Christmas gigs because they pay fucking great. Yeah, it, like Christmas gigs, wedding gigs, like they're such easy money because the music is simple. Everyone knows it. You have the shit memorized already. Like just play the charts. But... Do you know how many Christmas jazz albums there are? There's thousands. You can play Christmas jazz. People love that. But he wasn't doing that. It was either square playing it like a, a child or it was I must express myself. By the way, his solo sucked anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> so all right. That's big old strike number one. I'm not really going to talk about Emma Stone's character because I don't really have a dog in that race. But uh, her stuff was just overly dramatic and she should have been a more supportive girlfriend. But the next thing is that, okay, he's playing 80s gigs. All right, fine. That's realistic. Uh, He probably wouldn't have been shamed for it, but whatever. Then the next thing is, oh, John Legend has this, this group that he's touring with that they're making this hip new music that everyone's listening to. And it's, I don't know, imagine what, Bruno Mars's band would probably be doing like that's that kind of music basically hell yeah so he's making fun music that people want to listen to yeah and so he he gets Ryan Gosling to be his, his keyboardist and he's playing on a synthesizer not you know grand piano and to him that's like oh how dare that's that's sacrilege but but there's so much money to be made here like what do I do or do I do I stick to my art or do I make the money so he chooses the both money. Yeah, Yeah. because it's fun fucking music. Also, for the record, this movie takes place in probably like 2015 or something. Synthesizers have been used in jazz since like the late 60s. Since they were invented? The pioneers of synthesizers were like Herbie Hancock, Chick Corea. Like some of the most respected names in jazz that if you're a pianist, you know these guys' stuff. So it's fucking mind-boggling to me that he would have some issue with this. Like I'm playing... I'm playing a gig next week yeah, with some are. jazz cats and one dude's like, oh, I'm going to bring my keytar. Perfect. You have a keytar. That's excellent. Crowds love that. And yeah, like, why would this be an issue for you, Mr. I'm about my art? Express yourself in more than one way. Stupid. Movie fucking sucks. Yeah, it's, it's bad. I didn't even finish it. I was like, this is fucking terrible. <laughs> I don't know what the message of this film is other than white dude is mad about thing. That's not his problem. <laughs> I think uh, the movie starts with the people dancing on the freeway. Oh, yeah. I, and that's when I turned it off. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, it's that kind of yeah. movie. Oh, right. yeah. It's a magical reality situation. Like, they, you know. they tell you right out the gate what you're getting into. And yeah. I watched it on a plane, so it wasn't like I paid for it or anything. I would have been mad if I did. 
But I respect that. I respect them letting me know. Just that, the gate. Yeah. Like, look, this, this is the kind of shit that happens in here. I was like, cool, I'm out. Cool. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate you letting me know. I'm glad I didn't sit here for 10 minutes as uh, I waited to hear somebody play jazz. Not, I didn't come. <laughs> <laughs> I think if I were a musician and they gave me the choice of like, yo, you can play with Bruno Mars or you can be artistically fulfilled. I'd be like, also broke also broke but here's I, the thing if you're at that point you don't have to make that choice you can just do both those things if a major touring musician is like hey will you come play piano for me you're like yeah i'll do that and then for the next six months after that tour is over you just live off that money and do whatever you want you go to you can go to a jam on a wednesday night because you have you paid your bills with that fucking Bruno mars money <laughs> that's exactly right I know dudes who do cruise ships and they're like, yeah, it's like, it's kind of boring, but you get to live for free for three months. Um, You make tips and then they just give you a check for like $30,000 at the end of it. (laughs) And then you just wait six months for the next one. And then you get to, I knew a dude who um, played in like a college jazz band. He was like, oh, they give me all the solos I want and I get to pick some of the charts sometimes. And I was like. But when, like, my job, when I'm playing music professionally, it's very much like, hey, you're playing this for this amount of time every day. And it gets boring, but it pays the bills. So I can go do whatever the fuck I want the rest of the time. It's a nothing problem for uh, a movie that shouldn't exist. (laughs) (laughs) I think this is one of the movies that would really benefit from the protagonist actually just being the asshole. Yeah. Yeah. It's... It's, if we're very clear that Ryan Gosling was just insufferable to every other musician in this scene, but we're just, he's not, he's not the protagonist. We're just following his perspective while like everyone just hates his guts. It's like, fuck man. Like this guy, they invited Bruno Mars invited him to play. And he was just like, I can't be artistically fulfilled enough in order to play with him. What a fucking asshole. Yeah. Give me that gig. Why don't you prefer me? <laughs> <laughs> you know, there would be people clamoring for this job. And let's be real. Like, respect to Ryan Gosling because he did actually learn to play piano for this. It's like, you know, be more convincing of an actor, which, you know, good for him. Normally, they would just not show the actor's hands, but that's a good way to do it, too. Yeah. yeah. You know, they did the same thing for Whiplash with uh, Miles Teller. That's the guy. And was that actually good drum playing in that movie? It's okay. Um, there's a lot of stuff that, but because the character idolizes buddy rich so much the drum solos are kind of modeled after stuff that he would do but it's kind of an outdated style that's the problem with whiplash is that it's a very outdated movie as well but much less so than uh la la land but if you spend any time in a music building you there's definitely people who are like I like this artist. I'm going to emulate this artist like yeah that dude's been dead for 70 years like (laughs) i get it yeah but it's like uh Art has changed in that time. You can definitely take inspiration. This isn't a music podcast. No, <laughs> La La Land yeah. sucks. La La Land I agree. Sucks the end. <laughs> uh, my no concessions pick this week is Speed. Ooh, Speed starring Keanu Reeves yeah, yeah, yeah. and Sandra Bullock. That she was looking like a snack. Yeah, Sandy movie. B is. She was real, real sweetheart. And Keanu Reeves before the Matrix. Yeah, this movie is. So when you explain the premise, if the bus stops, everybody dies. It sounds fucking goofy. If it yeah. drops below 50 miles per hour, everybody dies. Yes. Yeah. 
it's actually really well executed and it's surprising to me. It really actually surprised me because I saw Speed 2 first. Oh, and I, I was just like, this, movie, control. this movie is ass. What the fuck is happening you here? Discern- well, maybe you did, just, you did it right yeah. and you saw the worst version first. The bar was yeah. real low. Absolutely. The Speed 2 is a fucking disaster. It's garbage. Speed, on the other hand, competently done well acted it's a fun movie it's very well acted like just that small cast of people on the bus is it's fucking great like they're all you get a distinct idea of all their personalities in as few scenes as possible and then they're into it like with the bomb situation yeah yeah it's good it's a good movie uh i mean of course the good guys win at the end there's not really much to it no you have the stakes and the stakes carry the rest of the yeah the tension builds well yeah it's they don't do anything goofy like so a lot of uh a lot of like comedy shows would parody speed because it is a goofy premise yeah and they would make it seem like it was completely off the wall but that was speed too <laughs> uh speed is just like kind of it's i don't want to say it's like if this happened in real life but it's like an action movie portrayal of like if that were to happen they did actually jump that bus Oh, did they? It's not the, the the length of that gap, like in the movie, but they did jump a bus over a gap, and then they just um, they edited it to make the gap look bigger. That's <laughs> sick. That's super sick. All in camera, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Impressive. I need All to right. watch that movie again. Yes, yeah, yeah, check it out a while ago, but yeah. It's sick. It's a sick movie. Thanks, everybody, for listening to uh, this week's No Concessions. We'll see you in two weeks. Bye. Take care, y'all.